0: ninety nine a The Mishnah and the Gemara were describing different cases of children that got mixed up with each other. We don't know who the father is. Sorry, we don't really know who the mother is. And they got mixed up. So on that note, the Gemara now sort of goes into a tangent and discusses various cases a little bit like the riddles that we had a few weeks ago, um, and it goes into some of these cases and um, and, and describes some, some interesting cases where you end up doing chalitza to your mother or to your daughter or to your sister, um, not because you have to do chalitza. The very first Mishnah of the tractate said that um, if there is such a scenario, let's say... Uh, your brother married your daughter So then you're totally exempt from doing Yibim or Chalitza But because the children got mixed up And we don't know who the mother is And whether or not this is actually your daughter or not So as a result of that we require Chalitza Just out of doubt Because we don't know So therefore we require Chalitza But it could be end up being a case Where you end up doing Chalitza To your daughter Or your mother or your sister So let's see this inside it is taught in Hebrew. It's possible to do chalitza, uh, which is basically a form of divorce in a situation where your brother passes away without any children to your sister in law. Uh, it could be that you do chalitza, and possibly that the one you're doing chalitza to is your mother, or possibly it's your sister, or possibly it's your daughter. Uh, not because you have to, but because. Uh, the children got mixed up. So what the Gemara wants to know what exactly is the situation? Kate said. So the first case is uh, basically you have two women who are not related to each other. Uh Let's say Rachel and Rivka, and each of them have a child. We know that they, each of them had a child, but then also the two of them were, let's say, in a cave together, and they both had uh, they had they both had a, a baby, and so they got mixed up. We don't know which one is which uh, person, who's the mother is for the different babies. We know that there were two two women there, but we don't know who the mother is. So what ends up happening? So it ends up happening that. Um, Rachel and Rivka, the children that we know for sure are their own children. Uh, so let's say Rachel's son is Ruvain Rivka's son is Shimon, and those are the the sons that we know for sure that uh, they are the sons of their of their mother. We we they didn't get mixed up. And Rachel's son Ruvain ends up marrying Rivka. Rivka's son Shimon ends up marrying in Rachel, which is totally permissible. You know, there's no problem with that. But then those sons, they die, uh, they die, that, that marriage, they, they die without any children. So as a result of that, since the, the husbands die without any children, so we know that each of them has one brother. Uh, we just don't know who that brother is because they got mixed up in the cave. They got mixed up, let's say, whatever it is, in the hospital, they got mixed up. And there were these two women. And so therefore, each of these uh, people who got mixed up, they would have to do chalitza to both women, out of doubt, because we don't know if they are the brother of Ruven or if they are the brother of Shimon. We know that that one of them is the brother of Ruven, one of them is the brother of Shimon, we just don't know which one's which. So we require both of them to do chalitza to both women, ends up being that, uh, that you do chalitza to... Your mother, you could, because we require both of them to, to do chalitza to both, because we don't know which one's your mother, which one's just uh, that other woman. So therefore, it ends up being that you're doing chalitza to your mother. Okay, so that's chalitza imo misafik. La chosa misafik, what's the case where you are doing chalitza to your sister out of doubt, because you just don't know, kids got mixed up. So what's the case? Essentially the case is as follows. Um, yeah, there's a situation, there's uh, two women, uh, again Rivka and Rachel. Uh, now Rivka has a son, uh, has a son, Ruven, But Rivka also, and that's all from a, uh, uh, has has a son Ruvain and from a her husband um from a previous marriage her husband Rivka's husband had um had two uh had two brothers uh from a previous marriage um and so two brothers which ends up being it's it's from a previous marriage so it's a uh it's a step it's uh sorry Reuben has uh it's a, it's a, it's a half-brother. They, they have the same uh, paternal father. So Reuven has these two brothers who are paternal brothers. Um, and then Rifka and Rachel, they both have daughters, but they get mixed up. We don't know who the mother is uh, for each girl. We don't know if Rifka's the mother or if Rachel the mother. They get mixed up. These girls now marry uh, the brothers of Ruvain, Ruvain's paternal brother, but they're not related, it's fine, because these girls, both these girls, even if it's from Rivka, they're not related at all to uh, the brothers of Ruvain, because the brothers of Ruvain only came from the paternal side, the sisters came only from the maternal side, they end up being, they're not, they're not, uh, uh, they're not related in any way, Um, and so, it's really a form of step-siblings. And so the brothers marry these two girls. We don't know if it's the girls from Rivka or the girl from Rachel. The brothers then die. So then this person, Ruvain, who is the daughter, who was the son of Rivka, that we know for sure, he ends up doing chalitza. He would have to do chalitza to both uh, because uh, because for he has to do chalitza to both of them because one of them is not his sister, because it's the daughter of Rachel. One of them is his sister, but we say do chalitza to both because we're not sure which one is your sister and which one is not your sister. So you have to do chalitza to both. Okay? That's that case. <laughs> so what's the case of where you do chalitza out of doubt to your daughter? Ishto nekevos v'bo Basically, um, you are married to Rifka. The cases where Ruven is married to Rifka. Um, and Rifka and Rachel both have daughters. Uh, they both have daughters. And the daughters get mixed up again. Uh, and now Ruven's brothers end up marrying. One marries Rifka's daughter, one marries Rachel's daughter, and the brothers die. Uh, so so one of them, we say that Ruven has to do chalitza because his brothers married these two girls, but one of them is actually Ruven's daughter. Uh, we just don't know which one is his daughter. So because we don't know, I, I, out of doubt, we say Ruven has to do chalitza to both, even though in general he wouldn't have to do chalitza. We would say you're totally exempt because uh, you're totally exempt from yibum or chalitza if it's your own daughter, uh, if your sister-in-law is also your daughter, but in this case, because we don't know if it's your daughter or not, therefore we say... To do chalitza, okay. Those are the three cases where uh, we have different scenarios, strange scenarios where you end up doing chalitza out of doubt to your mother, to your sister, and to your daughter. The Gemara continues on with uh, these whole, all these lists of um, of uh, interesting cases, and uh, uh, and the Gemara has two more, two more examples of of these riddles of interesting cases. Uh, just one point, uh, going back to the previous case, before we go on, uh, the Aruch the one of the commentators on the Talmud, he addresses the fact that you end up doing chalitza with your daughter, out of doubt. He says, how is that different than the Gemara? The Talmud tells us elsewhere that there is no concept of chalitza when it comes to a king. When it comes to a king, we don't do chalitza because what ends up happening is part of the process of chalitza is that you have to, the sister-in-law has to spit In front of the brother-in-law, it's inappropriate, it's a lack of respect to spit in front of a king. So therefore, there is no concept of chalitza. And yet we see here that uh, because the daughters got mixed up, so therefore the daughter ends up doing chalitza, will spit in front of her father. But there's also a concept of respecting your father. So how do you explain that? Uh, I thought we said that if it's a lack of respect, so then uh, we wouldn't apply the principle of chalitza. Uh, and the law of Chalitza. So he explains that uh, there's a fundamental difference between the honor that one gives to a king and the honor that one gives to a parent. When it comes to a king, the king has no right to, to forego that honor. He has no right to say, oh, you don't have to honor me. No, because the king represents much more than that. He represents the king for the entire people. He doesn't have the right to uh, forego his honor. But when it comes to a parent, a parent does have such a right. A parent has the right to say, oh, no, you don't have to honor me. It's fine. I, uh, I, uh, I don't need it. I don't require it. You don't have to stand up for me. Uh, the the father, the parent has the right to do that. Okay. Moving on. Tanya. It was taught in Ebreyesa. Hayyur so Omer Omer. said, "Each pa'amim shemolidim umos. You could have a case where a couple, a husband and a wife, they end up having five children from what the Gemara refers to. The Talmud refers to as five different nations. Ends up coming from five different nations. Five different forms of of Yichos of lineage, and we will see as follows. What's the case? Ketzad. How do you explain this? So it's Yisrael Vilahen So you have a Jew who bought uh, two slaves, a couple that was slaves, and a maid servant, a, a husband and wife couple. They bought, bought them from them as slaves. They already had two children before they became slaves to the Jew. But one of the two children converted to Judaism. So, So right now, they have two children, this couple. One of them is a convert. The other one is a non-Jew. What happens next? So, then, they become your slaves. You have them go to the mikveh to become your slaves. They have to go to the mikveh first to become your slaves. And they have another child. The next child that they have, because they have a child as your slaves that child also becomes your slave. And so therefore, so far there are three children. One of them is not Jewish. The other one is a convert. And the third one is a slave. If you free the woman, the maidservant, and then the Eved, this non-Jewish slave, ends up having sexual relations with this maidservant, so that is a prohibition. And according to this opinion, it's a prohibition which leads to the child. If they have the fourth child, that child would be a mamzer. So, so far we have the convert uh, as a child, somebody who's not Jewish as a child, a slave, and a mamzer. But then once you free the slave, so once you free the slave, again, once you free the slave or the maidservant, they become Jewish. A non-Jewish slave who's freed becomes Jewish. So, when you only free the woman, so she's Jewish, and then she's having sexual relations with a non-Jew, the non-Jewish slave, so that child is a mamzer. Once you free the slave, the male who is a slave, and then they have sexual relations, they get married, so then that is somebody who's born as a Jew. So you end up having five, they end up having five children who have five different forms of lineage. One of them is a non-Jew, one of them is a convert, one of them is a slave, one of them is a mamzer, and one of them, the fifth one, is born Jewish. I wants to know, why are you, why are we going through all of this? My Kamash what is this what is this teaching me? So the Gemara explains, mm-hmm. that if there's uh if if the father is a non-Jew and the mother is Jewish, so then the child ends up becoming a Mamzer. Now, we've had many discussions about this uh type of a relationship between, of a father being a non Jew and the mother being Jewish. And the truth is we don't follow this position, even though this is a position in our Gemara, this is the position. Found here in this uh in this braisa. but we don't follow this position. We follow the position that if the, the father is not Jewish and the mother is Jewish, so then the child is in fact not a mamzer. The father, the child is is a regular Jew who is not a mamzer. Okay, now the last case of this riddle. Tanu rabbanon. We have the following braisa. Yesh mocher is aviv lihigavos imo subasa. You could have a case where. In order to give uh, your mother her ksuba, the the, the, the amount uh, that she deserves after the husband, let's say, passes away or they get divorced, the way you do it is by selling your father. What exactly does that mean? Is by selling your father? What exactly is it talking about? Keitzer. What's the case? You have a Jew who bought the same thing. A couple. An Eved and a shivcha, a couple who were slaves, the male and female slave from the market, ben, and they already have a child. So they have a child. This child was from before the, the uh, acquisition, before they bought them as slaves. So they have this non-Jewish child. What happens? Um, he frees his maidservant. The maidservant now becomes Jewish. Through the through becoming freed, Benasa and and the master now marries his maidservant. They get married, a halachic marriage, because they're both Jewish now. And what does he write? He ends up writing that all of his property should go to the child that she had as a non-Jew, to this non-Jewish child. All of his property should go to her. Uh, many of the commentators say that he wrote this on his deathbed. That he said this. That this should go to the son on his deathbed. And what ends up happening, Mohers Ksubasa. What ends up happening is that after he dies, so she now has to collect her ksuba, what did she collect? He gave his son her, her son his entire property, which includes what's the property? His slaves. His one of his slaves is this woman's husband, right? Is a slave, which means that her son now uh, ends up becoming the master over her his own father. And now she deserves her ksuba, and so he's going to pay for the ksuba. The way he's going to, she will collect from the is from the property of the Jewish husband, which all that property, all that estate, went to the son. And that means that the son will then have to sell his father, uh, take that money, and pay for the ksuba. Uh, so you have a very strange case here, where a son ends up selling his own father, who is a non-Jewish slave. Uh, the son is also not Jewish, but he he got. Uh, he inherited essentially the entire estate, or was given to him right before the death of the of the uh, of the master of the Jewish uh, of the Jewish husband, and so he's going to end up selling his own father uh, to pay for the luxuba. My kamash what is again? What is is this coming to teach me? So like, my answer is no. Cooler, Rameyer he, avda Essentially, the Gemara says as follows: that when you collect, basically, there's a lien. Where the husband, the Jewish husband, was married to this uh, Jewish woman who was a, originally a, a maid servant. Um, so when you collect from the ksuba, from uh, to make sure that uh, she has basically rights to his property to collect from after his death. Um, so there's there's a discussion. What exactly is she allowed to collect from? Uh, so there's some opinions that say that she could only collect from. Actual land. She cannot collect from any movable objects, from anything that, that's uh, and that's movable. She can only collect from land. That's some opinions, but that's not the opinion of Remeyer. Remeyer says that she's allowed to collect from movable objects, and that includes the slave, this non Jewish slave. So she could collect from this non Jewish slave. Alternatively, uh, even if you want to say that you can only collect from the actual karka, only that which is actual land there are some opinions that say that with regards to this area of law a non-jewish slave is would be included in the land in land that they're both properties that are included in the land that you could she could collect from land but she could also collect with that which is included in land which is referring to the non-jewish slave and so therefore that's what it's teaching us that you could collect even from a slave okay we are in the next recording going to begin a new Mishnah. Uh, A new Mishnah, uh, again, also having to do with children that get mixed up uh, in the cave, in the hospital. In the hospital, what happens when children get mixed up with regards to various areas of law?